Welcome to Barely on Topic. We're in season five. It's a fresh sheet of ice. I have a brand new microphone and we are here to talk about the Bruins 2019-2020 season that starts in just a couple of days. And I am VA and I'm here with Jeff and Tim. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And, you know, we might have some new listeners, so why don't we all introduce ourselves just a little bit. I'll start. I'm VA. The important things you need to know are I am from Rhode Island. Two, I tend to love defensemen and my favoriteest defenseman on this team, which we call my boyest of boys, is Brandon Carlo, also known as Brando Carlbersian. And then my other boy, because I don't have three boys anymore. I only have two. Because Noel Achari went away. My other guy is Sean Corrali, who I have fallen in love with. Oh, God. That boy. Uh, oh, I, I produced this whole thing. There you go. That's what you need to know. Anyway, yes. Uh, I'm Jeff. Um, I have um, multiple female pets named after male uh, Finnish goaltenders. Because, um, you know, as you do. One of them, the cat. Tuka is fittingly an asshole. <laughs> I, of course, I, I am originally from, from Rhode Island, raised in New Hampshire, but I now live in Canada in Brad Marchand's uh, stomping grounds of Halifax. I have opinions on everything. Some of them are, are informed. Many of them are not. Deal with it. <laughs> he likes to give answers in the forms of books. <laughs> Oh, I've already offended Jeff. <laughs> We're going for the hat trick today. <laughs> oh, Jeff, come on. <laughs> I, I, I just don't have a witty retort right now. <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair. So if that makes you feel better. <laughs> Perhaps we should move on to Tim. I'm Tim. I am from Maine. I tend to want to punch livestock when I'm angry at sport. Can confirm. Um, Which is often. <laughs> yeah, very often. I, I, I tend to like players that aren't necessarily well-liked by lots of people because they're just kind of non-existent half the time. Still haven't gotten over the loss of Nicholas Svedberg, <laughs> if that tells you anything. And I'm probably the only person that misses... Our old friend Compinen. Um. I, I, I would also point out that you're probably Eric Weinrich's third biggest fan after Eric Reinwick and Eric Weinrich's uh, mother. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely confirm that because his mother was my second grade teacher. So confirm that she was definitely a very big fan, and that that's the reason why I'm a very big fan. Um, yeah, that's I inexplicably still like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in football, even though they continuously stomp on my heart week after week. Oh, um, I'm just I am forever the Michael Scott gif of I'm ready to get hurt again <laughs> with the Buccaneers. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. You could you could be a Browns or a Bills fan. And yes, the Bills are fine now. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Bills are paper tigers. We'll see what happens with them. Another thing I forgot about myself. I 
grew up with football, so hockey is kind of a newish thing for me. Although we're five seasons into a podcast, how new can it be anymore? I think I could take that off, you know. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is season five. Holy fuck! I know. Can you? <laughs> I can't. I can't believe it. I can't. What was I going to say? I I just need to get one Rhode Island thing out of the way. First of all, I am from Rhode Island, but I am in exile in Massachusetts because I'm married for love. Anyway, here I am, <laughs> and. <laughs> We tend to be a more conversational thing, like you're talking or listening to your friends talk about hockey. So anyway, I was at the Big E the other night, went there with Andrew. We uh, went to the Rhode Island building, of course, because they have all of the state's buildings, right? And uh, I got to the Dell's lemonade stand and the woman said to me, oh, there are straws and lids over there to your left. And I said, honey, I'm from Rhode Island. This is the only proper way to drink Adele's. And then I smooshed the cup so that it was kind of like a, you know, like in half, you know, like a V. And I just, you know, took a sip and I said, that's the way to do it. She's like, oh, my God, can you please tell the others? <laughs> yep. 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 So every once in a while, we'll talk about Rhode Island things. That's fine. Just deal with it. Or or. Famous Maine black bears. <laughs> Maine black bear greats, you mean? Yes. yes. I was listening to Maine black bear great Bob Beers yesterday on the radio. Oh, yes. I love Beersy. I do too. There we go. You know, I was writing down the uh, news from the past summer. We obviously did not record. We've not recorded since like, I don't know, late June, July, whenever it was. We haven't even really spoken much to each other since then. <laughs> we... Everyone had to deal with Game 7 losses their own way. And yep. not hockeying for a few months was was, was, was ours. I, I got to tell you, I didn't really think very much about it at all. I avoided all of exactly. this, the St. Louis Blues stuff. Well, I had something that was even worse that happened over the summer. So that, well, yes. yeah. So my beloved Vegas did pass away. So that was tough and I'm still getting over it and I'm going to cry. So... Let's talk about those Bruins and the three news items that I actually remembered from the summer. Okay, so did we, did we do an episode after free agency or did we not bother because like nothing nothing big happened at the time? No, nope. our our last episode of last season was entitled "Free Agency Is Stupid." <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that, that probably checks out. Yeah, it's probably okay. Like so we did probably talk about the nothing burgers of of of, of, of Brett Ritchie and Parlin Holm. Okay, we we, we <laughs> did. Uh, I think we couched it as uh, we don't understand these signings, and there we are. But I do understand the uh, Parlin Holm uh, signing a little bit more because he at least can play center. Uh, I get the impression he's basically Nordstrom who can play center. As opposed to Nordstrom, who was asked to play center a few times last year to uninspired results. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Lindholm actually played some center in the preseason, and they're looking at him as center depth right now. So that's good. What they said yesterday in the in the broadcast, uh, Jack and Brick, was that they believe that Lindholm is in to take off some of the penalty-killing minutes of Patrice Bergeron at center. Which, you know what? Patrice is awesome and I love him and there's no one better as a center who kills penalties, really. But he needs to have a little bit less time on the ice because um, 
He's had some groin issues the last few years. And as my husband said to me the other week, you worry too much about Patrice's groin. I think we all should. I mean, like, is there any concern more important, regardless of your point of view on the matter, than Patrice's groin? No. I can think of nothing more important, honestly. (laughs) 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 Apparently, I yammer on about it. Speaking of Patrice's groin, his oldest son is now skating. And stick handling. We got to get him get him signed up already. Sign him now. I think he's fifth in line on the center depth chart. Yep, I would agree. <laughs> I was going to say, you're putting him, you're saying he's ahead of Studnicka, huh? Mm, interesting. <laughs> I bet he has more teeth than Studnicka. What? <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, he probably does. Probably does. Come to find out. Go get getting all his chicklets knocked out before before he actually plays a paid game. (laughs) I mean, that's how you know it's real. (laughs) (laughs) He answered the question uh, that I had of why he had never replaced his front teeth. Well, when you score a goal with your mouth and your celebration is spitting out the chicklets, maybe it's okay to not even wear any teeth at all. Uh, Also. Fun fact, the eldest Bergeron also already has uh, three Selkie trophies as well. So, <laughs> Good old Zach Bergeron. To never get to five, though, seeing as the media has decided that, that Bergeron's not going to beat Bob Ganey's record. So, you know, because fuck them. And fuck Ryan Riley. Oh, God. With, with a rusty... With the rusty wire brush that we already fucked Matt Cook with. <laughs> God, think about the diseases. <laughs> Honestly, I just wish Tim Hortons the Tim Hortons drive through would hit back. <laughs> <laughs> Beauty, Tim. Beauty. <laughs> I think we got a little further out than I wanted to get. It's our first episode back. So, um, yes. So, Paralindome, I understand that. Brett Ritchie, I understand the size like he's got great size on the ice. Like I, like I was watching him, and I'm like, I love his size. Like I'm like, don't fall in love with this guy because of his size. I can't because his name is Brett. I just, I just can't. And and he's just so mediocre. He's Jimmy Hayes at best. I know, I know. I think that's what's going to happen. We dance this dance. Can we not? Like really? <laughs> As the former conductor of the. Jimmy Mays Hayes hype train. Uh, it's only going to lead to heartache. Brett, I'm sorry, you have to go. Oh. And our last experience with Brett was Brett Connolly. And well. <sighs> yeah. I mean, for every Brett Hull, there are Brett Connollys and Brett Richies and other guys named Brett. So. Bretts are kind of like Chads. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a subspecies of Chad. Okay. Okay. I could get it. I get it. I get it right now because I, I discovered Hulu over the summer. Right. Um, and, um, rewatching 30 rock. And there was this, there was an episode where they had to go to Boston and the TGS crew had to share an office with Bruins beat where all three guys were named Sean and they were mean. (laughs) And they're kind of mean. Yeah. They're kind of mean. (laughs) <laughs> like the only th- 
I feel like the only thing they admit the ball they dropped on that joke is that one is that is that one of them probably be, should be named Sean but goes by Sully. Oh well, <laughs> I mean the whole point of it was they were making fun of Boston. So getting back to everything else, I don't think that Brett Ritchie's going to be much, but hey, maybe he will. But let's get into some of the things that happened over the summer. Other than that, all right. At long last, Bruce Cassidy was offered a contract extension. And we don't know how long, but it's rumored at $3 million per. That's good. I agree. Bruce is great. Yep. You That wasn't the news you thought I was going to lead with. <laughs> I mean, I knew what I thought you were going to lead with, but I, I now, I, now I suspect you're going to close with it. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, finally, at long last, after a summer of everybody going, please sign McAvoy and Carlo. Charlie McAvoy signed on September 15th, three years at $4.9 million per year. And that is good. Really, I don't understand how Don Sweeney managed to get them both signed with the amount of cap space they did, but he did. And that's great. There's got to be a promise of more money, though. I suspect with McAvoy that an extension for more money gets done after the second year honestly this mcavoy contract and i've seen certain people like uh dj bean say oh this is awful for the bruins they could have locked him down it's going to cost them a lot more i disagree signing him for three years now so he's you know at the end of his con he's you know currently 21 so he uh, ends that contract to a 20 at 24 24 then they signed him to eight years signed him to eight years 24 to 32 for the big money Basically, his big payday ends up being during his prime rather than after it. Yep. If they signed yep. him for eight years now, he would be a free agent at 29, and then you'd sign him to a lot of money at high risk. That's bad. You do it this way, his big contract, which, let's face it, um, because he's going to have three more years to be a fucking rock star, could easily be a 10 millioner. Yep. But it's for the years that it's okay to pay someone 10 million. Yeah, I think that this deal is great in the respect that it gives the Bruins more of a look at him. They know what he is. He just needs more time on the ice because he's been so injured or he's had the heart thing. And, you know, it's like he needs to have put together more of a complete season. So paying him at this is fine. And and it comes with the important other caveats of the team couldn't pay him more right now. Right. Um, not without blowing something up. They would have had to get rid of uh, Carlo probably. Yeah, and the chances of retaining both, like, say, Krug and Grizzlick next year would have fallen through the floor, as it is the chance of retaining both are still tight, but doable. Um, the other big thing is um, when this contract, as well as the Carlo and Heinen ones, run their course. In two years, the Bruins have an absolutely astronomical amount of money coming off the books. Because in yeah. unison, the Bacchus, Krejci, and Rask contracts three of some of the largest contracts on the team all expire at once in two years. That's $20 million right there. Yeah. More, just a little bit more like 20.25. All right. Well, yeah. 20 million and change. Incidentally, Corrales contract plus their own, plus their own cap hits and Corrales contract expires that year. A lot of money comes off the books. Three of those players are probably not resigning at that point. Please don't. And the, I mean, I mean the UFAs, not not Corrali. Okay. Right. <laughs> and if they do, the the two of the three that would have a remote possibility would come cheap because they're old. That would be, of course, Krejci and Rask. 
So honestly, like the timeline, like this is some masterclass, like scheduling when things are going to expire on the part of, on the part of Sweeney. He did go to Harvard. He did. He did. Um, and he's just, he true this Sweeney seems to be really, really good at contracts that aren't brand name free agents. Basically, as long as there's a contract extended to someone who's not named Matt Bolesky, David Backus, or John Moore, he's good at this. Now, I'd argue the Adam McQuaid contract's probably the only in-house one that he ever flubbed, but like they still did pretty well at the end of it, and he was serviceable for most of the time he was here in under that contract. And he moved it. <laughs> and he moved it for a in- eminently useful Steve Kempfer, who and knew? A fifth, which was part of which was part of the cost for Charlie Coyle. Reminding you that he managed to get um, Charlie Coyle and Steve Kempfer basically for Adam McQuaid a seventh. No, 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 no. no sorry, he got Charlie. You got Charlie Coyle, Steve Kempfer, and a seventh in exchange for in, in exchange for Ryan Donato and Adam McQuaid. That's yep. um, taking those uh, several trades collectively. That's extraordinary, right? So, like you know, he, he, anyway. Point being. He's got everything's timed very nicely. The only time that's going to be likely tight is next summer. And that depends largely on what the team decides they want to do about specifically Krug and Coyle. Right. Krug has said that he would sign a Boston friendly deal. And I get the feeling Coyle would as well. Of course, Coyle would. He loves being fucking back home. And he's a local guy that's thriving, right? We've seen it all over the road. He got a dog. He was not able to get a dog when he was in Minnesota because he was all over the place. And I guess his girlfriend stayed back here. So now he gets to stay with his girlfriend and his dog. Oh, fuck. There's no way this guy's not signing for under market value then, is there? Also, we need his grandmother to be ringing the cowbell in the playoffs all the time. I think we should offer her her own separate contract, though. But yeah, I, I agree. We need to keep her as well. Also, his dog, that that Instagram story he had where his dog was trying to pull his hockey bag full of equipment was the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, Bodie. Oh. Anyway. And of course, lost in all this also, the Danton Heinen contract's a nice little bit piece of work. 2.8 a year for two years as a bridge. That's like perfect. Yep, he was ready to go to arbitration, and then they got the deal done before. So, like, they announced he was going to arbitration, and then they signed the deal the next day. It was crazy. And and given that the available evidence suggests that Heinen is more rookie Danton Heinen than sophomore Danton Heinen, this actually is probably going to look like a value contract. I agree. Based on playoff Danton Heinen, which is definitely a lot more like rookie Danton Heinen, sign me up. Subtle game. Subtle game. I forgot all about Dan Heinen, but thank you for remembering. Also, I think having Coil with Heinen a full season is going to look real nice. I mean, I haven't gotten to see, well, any preseason games because they're not the easiest to find streaming sometimes. And they're really not indicative of what this team is really going to look like. Most of them until yesterday, until yesterday. that was. Well, the and then yesterday just turned into a bloodbath because the Blackhawks just decided to send like their AHL team. Well, because the Blackhawks proper were starting off their season in Europe. Right. So they just had to find just enough veterans to leave at home for this and call it a day. <laughs> I did yeah. not know that Christopher Stieg was still in the league in any way. I thought he retired. I honestly did. But whatever. He was in the game yesterday. 
And uh, that was a bloodbath, and it was okay. I mean, DeBrus got a hattie. I, it's a preseason game, but, you know. I'm looking at Blackhawks. I'm, uh, I'm not finding Versteeg here. They kept saying his name. I believe you, but he's not on their cap-friendly page. I'm wondering if he... um If, if he's only AHL. Is it PTO or an AHL contract? Yeah, one of those. Usually cap-friendly tells you if someone's on PTO, so I'm thinking it's an AHL-only contract, so he's uh, not even eligible for NHL play then. Well, I thought he retired from hockey all altogether, so because I hadn't heard his name in a while. So, anyway, this is not very important because what is really important is that your girl here is very happy because Brandon Carlo was signed to a two-year extension at two point eight five million dollars, and that was two days after Charlie McAvoy. Uh, everybody was very happy, including me, and I loved, absolutely loved Brandon Carlo's Instagram announcement that it was two years of topics and missed empty net goals in the forecast. Players that uh, are that self-aware are, are a good time. <laughs> yeah, they are. Again, it's very Hal Gale-esque in terms of self-awareness. Yeah, apparently he's a funny guy. We don't always see it. Because he seems like when he's facing the media and stuff like that, he seems like he's really like, you know, good kid. Right. But apparently he's he's funny. Uh, and uh, he told the media that he was that he loved them. And they they are not used to hearing that, that he missed them. It's very sweet. But I, I do have one thing I have to say. Ryan Lambert can go eat shit. Because he said now, oh, it was his comment about how, well. He basically didn't he infer that uh, that Carlo should be making that or less. And Pl- Pete Blackburn was like, no, he's beautiful. We should give him whatever he wants. <laughs> um, this is a case of the uh, of, of, of the of um, uh, the more given like parts of the um, uh, of the stats community, like specifically Lambert, have elected to completely abandon all reason in favor of just numbers. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get it. I understand. But I'm just like, you need a guy who's a stay-at-home defenseman. Well, so so in this case would be a case of um, uh, Dom Lachitsin, one of the stats guys at The Athletic on his uh, season on the season forecasts, said he adjusted his his uh, mo- his um, models specifically so it would be nicer to stay-at-home defensemen that actually defend well. And so basically he said his um, numbers, because of what it is past inputs have been, it badly underrated players like Carlo who um, is honestly a Carlo, who is possibly one of the best stay-at-home defensemen in the league. Now, there are people that will tell you, well, that's not means they're not good because stay-at-home defensemen are bad, but most people are wrong. Carlo gets involved in the plays. He moves the puck down his. Stay-at-home isn't even really a good description. He's not a puck-moving defenseman, but it isn't really stay-at-home. He's just a defensive defenseman. These are different. Yeah, I love defensive defensemen, so... He's my boy for a reason. But anyway, my boy is the boys, I should say. But he said that he's going to work on his offense this year. And I am excited and here for it, which means more empty net goals and toe picks. But that's okay. <laughs> oh, my God, his dog. First of all, I haven't seen enough of Emmy. So if 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 he or his girlfriend is listening, they need to put more pictures of their dogs up on Instagram because they have their own account. So I need to see more of that. And two, I just love, I love Winnie so much that I'm like, 
I would think about getting a little bulldog because they are so adorable. Anyway, yeah, so that's super exciting to me that he signed, McAvoy signed. I feel like the group's all together now, and I'm very, very excited. So I don't know if there's much other news, really. I mean, they changed the seats at the garden. Everybody's outraged, and I can't wait to fit my fat ass in one. That's going to be exciting. That picture that, that someone posted from the Loge yesterday is alarming. Like an entire row is going to have to get out if someone wants to leave their row. Like there's yeah, there's no standing. It looks like there's no standing to let people out. There's I mean straight up having to get up and leave the row. You're right. Like there's no space there whatsoever in the fucking loge. I that's exactly what it's like down at Nationwide. By the way, that's what I was talking about. You, you know when the, when Doc Emmerich was like, oh, they're standing here at Nationwide. They're standing because the seats are fucking too small. I got sick because I basically had to sit in somebody's lap. Yeah, that's it's wild. It, it looks. I don't mind the black seats over the yellow seats. That's not that doesn't bother me. The actual fact that they like gave people zero room now is ridiculous. Well, I think there's a strategic way, a reason why they they changed out the seats. When you're watching a telecast and nobody's sitting in the yellow seats, it's very apparent. When you're watching a telecast and somebody's not sitting in the black seats, you don't really notice. So in other words, it's trying to make us look like better fans because most of the time we're sitting in the fucking concession lines or the bathroom lines. Also, the seats being closer together will also help with that illusion on TV. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We're really packed in there. Why didn't you get up for the national anthem? Because I couldn't physically squeeze out of the seat. That's what's going to happen. Anyway. Bobby Orr is back in in his new proper place, which is right in front of the building. So that's fantastic. I can't wait to go see that. Okay, that's about it, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess just sort of talk about what's sort of shaped over the course of this field of, of this preseason and what we're looking at for a, a starting roster, I suppose, or something. The key points that we're trying to figure out: uh, the composition of the third line around Coil and second line right wing to right wing. Yes. So second line right wing seems to have fully consolidated around Carson Kuhlman. Yep. At least for now. Right. Third line wings is an interesting case. Apparently during practices and during one or two games, there was, of course, a coil centering uh, Bjork on his left, not right. This is important because Bjork on the right, the team seems to be thinking he was taking too many hits by playing on his offhand and and then Heinen on the right. Right. Sign me up for that line. That sounds wonderful. However, there also seems to be a drift towards, no, Bjork's not making this team just because both Beckus and Richie have to go through waivers. To which I say, who the fuck cares? Agreed. Like, like, like my question, I'm like, Brett Richie does not look or sound to serve a purpose. Optimistically, he's Jimmy Hayes. And I don't even think he's that, I don't want to say good. Optimistically, he's Jimmy Hayes. We'll leave it there. And they just why and he's a million dollars. That's a variable contract. Whoever, who the fuck cares if he gets claimed? He was assigned. He was assigned. He claimed the money goes away. Great. And then, well, Bacchus is well, David Bacchus, in, in the year of our Lord, twenty nineteen. So this has been beaten to death. Although apparently he's had a lot more jump in his in his in, in his stride. He really worked out, changed skating coaches and stuff. So right, right. <laughs> uh, David Backus actually has looked pretty good this preseason, and I think the thing that is a good thing for him is he's got a chip on his shoulder. 
He came into camp not as super friendly with the the press, basically just like a, a man on a mission. I will say this. I, I did go to a couple practices early in camp. The team fucking loves him. Okay, I'm not saying like if you move him, they, they know how business works and all that. But I'm just saying that the team really fucking loves him. It is very apparent when you see them in those moments that are not game time, how they feel about him. So I can understand the idea of like, if you want to keep him around as a 13th forward, as much as you don't want to waste that month, that cap hit doing that, or, you know, another voice in the room, I can understand that. Um, I myself, I, I'm, I'm going to try really hard not to, to pick on David Backus that much this year. I know the contract sucks, but I think that I need to compartmentalize a little bit because I feel really, really bad because I think he's a great guy. He did get another skating coach because he found he couldn't do basic skating moves anymore. And so he got a figure skater to help coach him and she was rough on him. So uh, he says, I'm skating better. I'm feeling better. I've lost more weight. I, I have a little more jump in my skate, my step. So the one thing that concerns me about that is why was he so far behind everyone else? I'm waiting that long to get a figure skater as a skating coach. That's been like standard practice for a better part of a decade now. That's a little concerning, but at least he's doing it. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I think that some people do that. I don't think everybody does that. But also, I, I I will give you the whole idea of like, how can you be around Zidane Chara and not want to do something like that? Like in the three years that you were here before that, you know what I mean? Maybe he just thought his skating was fine. Maybe he didn't see an issue. I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm not even sure that David Backus could explain it to you. I'm just saying, look, he's doing it now. Um, he, he seems to be a man on a mission. And if we get something good from that, that's great. But to me, I, I think at best, maybe he's on the fourth line. I don't know. I'm thinking he ousts Wagner a lot of games. Mm, that's a shame. I mean, even now, Bacchus's ceiling is still higher than Wagner's. Like last year's probably the best Wagner's capable of being. Um, if there's any Bruin that's ripe for a regression this year, it's almost certainly Chris Wagner. And we kind of saw that. So, But I like I like Corelli and Wagner. They have a good thing. I do too. But, I mean, realistically, Corelli and Nordstrom are probably better than Chris Wagner. Yeah, yeah. On that note, it's sounding like Nordstrom will not be starting the season. He nope. is not yet recovered from his broken foot. Um, he's close, but not there yet. Likewise, of course, uh, the shattered remains of Kevin Miller and uh, John Moore are, are all starting the season on on IR, as well as, uh, as Anton Bleed, although he'd be season opening injured reserve, which means he's non-roster because uh, he was bound for the AHL and then he just had surgery. Then he's not going to be he's not going to be playing until at least uh, January. But like it's Anton Bleed, really. Why do we care? Yeah. Apart from his own, apart from his well-being, which, like, I hope his recovery goes very well, because you know. Yeah. Um. I, the only thing I have to say about Bjork, which um, you know, I wanted to get back to for a minute. The only reason why I would think that you would want to send him down to Providence is if you, if you feel like you can give him more ice time down in Providence than you can here. He needs ice time in some way. He needs to make sure that shoulder's good. I mean, it looks good, but. 
I don't know. He's looked he's looked great. He's for everything I've read, it sounds like Bjork's looked great all uh, preseason, and the beat writers are very split on whether he makes the team or not. Still, yeah, like they definitely they like Ty Anderson, for example, absolutely certain he makes the team. Fluto, absolutely certain he doesn't. Mm. Okay. Uh, so so who knows? Those are the two most credible beat writers we have, and they're and they're and they're, and they're uh, at other end opposite ends of the spectrum on the matter of Bjork. So who knows? <laughs> I hope Bjork makes it. I think it seems like a perfect opportunity for him with Nordstrom starting the year on the IR, just to give get him in and skating, see how he looks, so that even if he even if you send him down once Nordstrom comes back, at least you got him time with the big club. I think. You're going to move him down. You're going to move him down for a reason. Now, um, you know, the big deal this year was uh, Solaric and that he has to clear waivers to go to Providence, but he's had a mixed camp. Did he actually, has there been a waiver wire today? Here's the thing. Is he's injured right now, so he might, it might be stalled. Actually, I'm, I'm watching for it because we're after, we're afternoon. There should have been full waiver wire. And I haven't seen a full list yet. I think, uh, my guess is 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 um uh, is is is, is Drazier is or is it Lavoie that usually posts the long list there? Someone like slept in or something. I don't know. Give it time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the guy that you could lose to waivers or not. Or it, I mean, he's injured, so they can't do anything with him right now. So I don't know. I mean, how many chances are you going to give Solaric to try to be that right wing on Krejci's side? Ever even from the beginning, they were playing Solaric on shit on, on shit Providence lines. Like even at the beginning of camp, if you can read where these where these things are going, like you can see, it's like okay, Sinition wasn't getting good centers. That means he wasn't making the that means he wasn't making the team just by being a dark horse. Nor were they giving him a good run, etc. Solaric's done. They wave Solaric. Maybe he uh, maybe he clears. Maybe he doesn't. Everyone seems to think he doesn't. Whatever. It's just Seth Griffith. It's just Seth Griffith or Craig Cunningham or Matt Frazier again. Who the fuck cares? Okay. Well, I was just wondering. I mean, you know, I, I think that's always an interesting thing, you know, trying to figure out when to send somebody down so they can clear or not. But, you know, there's been no claims yet on waivers. None. Really? Um, not this. None. None whatsoever this play preseason. Despite there hasn't been a ton of names on there yet that were like prom- that were promising ones, but I, I don't see it by the time because there's 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 people that are almost certainly like likely to get claimed that are going to go on next two days as well who have shown more than Solaric and have higher that that have a higher um, um, cachet than Solaric. I don't I don't see it, but I do think that even if he stays, he's been passed by other wingers in the system. Oh yeah, yeah. There, I can. Um, there are certain other wingers, some of whom are new to North America or at least new pros, are almost certainly going to get call ups before he does if he clears. One hundred percent. Pullman, who had been here less time, probably going to make it out of camp. And honestly, I would think next call up on wing is probably at least particularly right wing, probably Oscar Steen. Yeah, one hundred percent. He had a great camp. Just needs to get used to the big guys. <laughs> Mm. Or the smaller ice, rather, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's smaller over here. But yeah, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a shame. Like Solaric looked like he had potential to be, be a, a Krejci winger, but 
I think a lot of the love for that was about of the love for what Krejci wingers used to be. Because if we're looking at a DeBrusque and a DeBrusque Coolman wings, we're looking at slightly smaller, but built like a truck feisty wingers for Krejci rather than, you know, you know, sides of beef on skates, like the old, uh, you know, Hulk line. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, Steen fits kind of that new Krejci wing mold even more than, than Solaric. And Solaric's been good in Providence, but he's never, that's never really translated to like NHL. No. Well, it's again, you look at the number the number of games, he's gotten good runs. So anyone that claims, oh, he hasn't gotten the proper shots like that doesn't really check out whatsoever. Yeah, at, at some point you just have to like, you have to be ready to like admit that this is what a player is. Like this is who he is at this point. He's not going to change. It's not going to get much better. This is who he is. It's unfortunate, but it happens. And if he gets claimed, he gets claimed. But I don't, I don't know. If he gets claimed, Godspeed, man. Make him make a team someplace. But like, it ain't happening, right? Yeah. And like you said, there are like I think Steen's definitely ahead of him. Coolman's obviously ahead of him. Sinitian's probably ahead of him. Um, I wouldn't even rule out. You know, even though they're clearly planning on conditioning Studnicka to be a to be a center, I wouldn't even put him pat being passed ahead of Solarica at this point for the right for that position. Again, yeah. you can read into read it, while preseason lines don't necessarily mean much. If you got a fringe prospect and you see who they're putting them with, that tells you everything you need to know about what the team, about how the team views that prospect. So, whatever. You know what's really great about this season? We have Charlie Coyle right off the bat. I'm really excited for a season-long Charlie Coyle. He has apparently just been absolutely insane throughout the entire preseason. It's going to be a beautiful year. Just having that spot locked up, and and he's so excited to be here. So, but like 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 I have a my, my field assistant this summer. Um, for some reason, I guess she just likes pain. Apparently, follows Minnesota Wild more than some people. She's not a Wild fan. She just followed, was familiar with them, and spent the entire playoffs because we watched a bunch of games together. Because we were in, particularly in the finals. She's like, I know Coyle's been great for you guys in the playoffs, but like, don't get used to this. I don't know about that. I think this being in Boston seems to be what was necessary for Coyle, Charlie Coyle, to be what he was, you know, drafted in the first round to be. Yeah, I don't think we have a. a- a, a a Jimmy Hayes situation in the fact of local guy comes home and underperforms. I think we have a local guy who's a, a, a better hockey player who maybe didn't fit in exactly well with the wild who's come here. And not only does he fit in really well with the team, he's home and he's just genuinely stoked to be playing for the team. He grew up loving as a child. Well, also, apparently he never at any point in, what, six years with the Wild ever had positional stabil- positional or line-made stability. That's tough. They were con- – yeah, well, exactly. Uh, he'd be playing center on different lines or right wing on different lines. And, yeah, I think that's that, that um, uh, impeded him from being what he could be. But being a, right, a third-line center – destroy third line caliber competition. We saw it during the playoffs. Charlie Coyle, I think is going to be a low key X factor for this team. And I, I'm not going to call this a bold prediction, but I'm going to say now he's possibly an early strong candidate for seventh player this year. 
Mm. Ooh, yeah. Especially, especially local boy tend to draw extra votes. See Wagner, comma Chris for context. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited to see a full year of Charlie Coyle. I'm glad that third line center finally just seems to be wrapped up. Sean Crowley's really happy that that got wrapped up because he got tired of having questions of where are you going to play, and he's like, I don't know. It's like fourth line center. It's where I'm. It's what I play. He's a great fourth line center, but like love Sean Crowley, but it's all he is, and he knows it. So why why media have, people in the media have periodically kept pretending he could be more? I'm like, oh, I've seen nothing to suggest he can. Because remember that brief stint they tried him at third line center last summer, last season that went poorly, very poorly. <laughs> I say don't count my boy Sean out too soon. He could get better, but we we don't hopefully we don't have to to worry about that too much. Now, the thing that does worry me right now is the Krejci injury right now because that does mean that you need to put in a whole bunch of people. But you could put Lindholm in at third line center and move Charlie Coyle up. So they've got options. I I is my view that the team's center depth right now is actually considerably more so than it's than it's been in the past. Oscar Marino, okay, of course, Studnik as a pro now. Oscar Stein, who's a natural center, is in Providence now. Um, Trent Frederick is a second-year pro, plus the sheer volume of, natu- of, of natural centers that are on the NHL roster anyway, even if some of them clearly aren't NHL centers at this point in their careers, like David Backus or Chris Wagner. <laughs> I'm worried about Krejci in the respect that last year he had a year where it was like he never missed a game, not counting that last game because that wasn't him, you know, but he he had a really healthy year last year and it showed and I don't even want him to start out with an injury. You know what I mean? You know, if he is injured, I want him to get fully back to, to normal. And I think starting out a season with something is not great, but. I guess if I wanted, if I had a choice of having him injured now or in April, I'm going to choose now. True. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So I just hope it's nothing really bad. I, Cassidy keeps saying it's not serious, but I'm just like, mm. his comments yesterday said he straight up said he expects Krejci to be ready for the season opener. Okay, that's good then. If it's all been precautionary, that's great. That's 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 all I want to know, but. You know, I, I worry about that because I, I think that Krejci needs to, he needs to be in there. We need a, a we need a team that's not injured to at least start the season. <laughs> we need everybody in place because it's going to be a confusing season because people are going to come in and out of the lineup. So I'd like to know what we're Well, there's with. the thing. And there are some longer term roster numbers, decisions they're going to have to make as certain individuals start coming off LTS, start coming off IR. Um, because, uh, they are going to start the season with uh, counting guys on I- on IR nine defensemen. <laughs> <laughs> but we need them all. <laughs> well, see, there's the thing though. It's actually that's interesting. Maybe that, I don't know if it's worth having this discussion yet. But what do you think they do when Moore and Miller start uh, are, are 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 ready to come off IR? Uh, I don't think that. Miller comes off IR. My gut feeling is that Miller is not going to play this year. Even more presents an issue, though. Like, what do you do when when more comes back? Do you wave Camp for 
do you, you send you send Clifton back Clifton down. down even though he's all even uh, that breaks my heart because like John Moore is just so yeah and Clifton is and Clifton is chaos rendered flesh and it's wonderful <laughs> honestly incidentally, Clifton's eventually going to get himself really badly injured the way he plays but it's fun to watch in the meantime <laughs> I know but there are those moments of Cliffy hockey that I want him to kind of straighten out a little bit more on AHL time not on NHL time you know what I mean Just, yeah learn learn a little bit more self-control <laughs> Yeah, maybe they just carry eight defensemen. Well, I mean, I we've known they were going to carry eight defensemen for sure, right? I mean, because they have seven, because they have seven on seven NHL defensemen plus Steve Camper anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't want you to do anything to Stephen Camper. If he's seventh defenseman, that's fine. Because you know what, he's got the right attitude to come in uh, uh, platooning. You know what I mean? So don't send him down. Well, that's what we saw through the through, through last year. He could sit for twenty five games and then come back and look like he didn't miss a beat. Yeah, that's a rare skill. Yeah, I, I mean they they believe in in Stephen Camper enough to put an A on his sweater in a preseason game. So he's a good soldier. He's in his second round, uh, second go around with the the Bruins, right? So I, don't punish him. He might not be sixth defenseman but he might be seventh and don't send him down i mean john moore you can try sending him down if you want but i don't know if that's gonna go and um i just feel like there are just some aspects of cliffy's game that i want him to iron out at the ahl level i don't want to spend 25 games on him doing like uh you know learning when to get back in his zone (laughs) or when to to play the puck and not the guy or something you know Speaking of superfluous defensemen, Jakob Zaborl is still up for some reason. Ugh. Now, again, I haven't watched any games. Joey Mack seems to say he's actually looks decent for the play preseason, but like, but why is he here? Why is I mean he's not making this team? We already have too many NHL defensemen on one way contracts, plus Connor Clifton. They want to get a good look at him because it's a contract year. I guess that's true. And plus, let's face it, this is Char's last year. So either he or Vakaninen presumably are expected to make the team next year. I would say it would be Vakaninen myself. And he's the one I would trust. I don't want to think about the end of Zdeno Chara's career right now. Zaborol has probably more upside than Vakaninen, but Vakaninen is probably the better overall defenseman. In which case, what I mean is Vakaninen is clearly going to be a is going to is clearly going to be a left shot Brandon Carlo at best. It's, it's, it's what he's likely to be. Whereas Zaborol is more well is he's got more offensive chops, right? So ergo, more upside despite possibly not being as good a defender. But anyway, well, presumably if you don't go with a Grizzly McAvoy pairing next year, right? Then don't you want like a like that kind of player on the other side of McAvoy? Um, you know it's debatable. Your first pairing defense is a little is a little different. It doesn't necessarily have to have that match. Mm-hmm. Your second and third should absolutely have a puck mover and a stay at home. Your first pairing is a bit different because you want a certain amount of dynamicism even on your defensive guy of the pair, which is why a Grizzly McAvoy pairing is very interesting. But we'll see how what Grizzly's year looks like. That's sort of that's going to be the big thing there, right? 
bottom line is, you know, Chara probably should be playing less minutes. And I have, I have a half suspicion we might be seeing uh, a Grizzlick McAvoy pairing frequently during this season. Okay. Well, it really, it, it depends on where you want to deploy Zidane Chara. If you want him to eat up more penalty killing minutes, which they do, because they have a shutdown pair, then give him less. Give him less five on five minutes, and yep. then yep, you can. Do and that. also pairing him, pairing him with Clifton might dial back some of Clifton's uh, more excessive impulses. Because mm. it did wonders with Carlo. It's done wonders with McAvoy. Pair him with the other young right shot, right shot defenseman here. That seems pretty. That seems like a pretty easy, easy decision to make to me. I mean, I think that that would help him out. We'll see if that's what they do. Anyway, lots of defensemen, far too many of them. Woo. Good, a good problem to have. Yes. Honestly, yes. Um, bottom line is, I think of those nine, at least one of them probably does not end the uh, <laughs> the, 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 the season as a Bruin. The question is which one. I would like it to be John Moore. But, uh, well. Oh, waiver list finally came out. Max, Maxime Leg- Legacy is on is on, uh, is on waivers, obviously. Because yeah. that was always going to be a spade. Yep. That's what he's for. Yep. He is uh, going to either be the starter or, if Kaiser looks as good as he has during the preseason, the backup in Providence. Yep. Uh, everyone seems to agree that Vlad- that Vladash is going to Atlanta. Yeah. Nope. Apparently, he's got some uh, attitude issues to work out. I didn't see it in camp, but okay, sure. I also know that it takes a while for goalies to mature, so it'll be fine. But at the same token, this same token, this is going to be Vladash's fourth pro season. Ooh, well. Because his first year in Providence slid, so he's a, uh, or I guess first year at Atlanta slid, so he's yeah, it's his fourth. He's a fourth year pro. I gotta tell you, I think that Kyle Kaiser is, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he is like Tuka's heir apparent. Well, that's just it. I, I if he if he looks as good through this year in Providence as he did in in, in the preseason, he's well in the in the shorter term, he's probably Halak's heir apparent yes. since next season. Yes, yes, I think that's exactly what they're doing. They're setting that up. Yeah, also, I guess the team's plan is to get him in Boston next year and then sign Swayman to replace Kaiser in Bo- in Providence next year. Probably what that looks like. Yeah, I think I think ultimately uh, Vladash is probably in terms of like goalie depth. Even though Swayman hasn't signed with the team, I think they see Kaiser one, Swayman two and Vladash under that in terms of how they would rank them right now. Agreed. Again, a good problem to have. Yes. Yes. Where you have many capable of goalies. I mean, the, the Bruins have lots of good problems to have. <laughs> so we're very happy. We're very lucky. You know, we just want certain things to iron out a little bit easier. That's all. Okay. Should we get to some... Predictions. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So every year we like to make some predictions on things on what we think is going to happen during the season. And it's fun. And we're going to have a good time. And I have not asked these guys these questions yet. 
So the answers are honest and genuine and hopefully surprising. So uh, I have it written down on my piece of paper. It's Jeffrey, Timothy, and myself. So I'm going to ask Jeffrey, who's going to lead in goals? Who's going to lead in goals? It's going to be Pasternak. Ooh. Breaks the 40 mark this year. He was super close last year. Okay. Tim. Uh, I also think pasta. And I have part of a bull prediction going with that as well later on. Okay. I'm going to go with Marcy. That's a perfectly fair choice. It is. I think it's a good one. I think it's going to be down to those two guys. So we'll see what happens. Who's going to lead in assists, Jeff? Marshawn. Mm-hmm. And I will say this is probably only because I don't confident that, and I hate saying this, I don't think Berkey can play an 82-game season anymore. Some years since he has. Otherwise, it would be a close thing. I think if we get 65 to 67 games out of him, maybe that's okay. I wouldn't mind resting him some games because honestly, I'm worried about his groin. <laughs> As we all should be because, yeah. well, and and the fact of the matter is, is he was in agony by the end of the playoffs, right? And that was with a shortened season for him. So like, <laughs> yeah, anything you can do to give him some time off, um, that would be great. Tim. I also think Martian. I'm going to go with something very different, guys. Ready? Krug! Ooh, okay. You're making a bold prediction involving Tory Krug. Uh, prediction involving Tory Krug. Holy shit. I know. Did, playoff, did, did, did the playoffs bring you around on him? Is that it? They did, but he still looks like my sister, and I think he has bad breath. I don't know. <laughs> you, you assume he has bad breath, you mean. I have spoken to him, but I was not very close to him, so I cannot confirm whether he has bad breath or not. But... I do enjoy seeing the baby pictures and I'm not a big baby person. So not it's, a big fan of the, what is it, the, the the name they chose for that baby, but you know, is it like sailor S a Y L O R. Hey, yeah, it's not okay. Great. Not great. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it, maybe it has some kind of meaning for them. So I'm, I'm not going to mock names. So I, I myself have a terrible name, which is why I go by an abbreviated form of that. But anyway, okay. Points. Who's got them? Marshawn. Timothy. Uh, pasta. Ooh. Interesting. Pasta's not a big assist machine, so that's a bold. That's a, that's an that's an intriguing take. I like it. Well, pasta's going to lead in goals, so I. It's also part of the bold prediction I have later. I'm going to say Marshy. That sounds good to me. I mean, Crew's going to lead in assists, but I, I, you know, I don't know what he's going to do for goals, but. We'll see. Well, Marshy would close the gap on goals, plus probably wouldn't lag Krug that much in assists. So you got a point. <laughs> All right. So this is seemingly like a dumb question right now. Are the Bruins going to make the playoffs? Uh, fuck yeah. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to put that down. Fuck yeah. All right. Timothy? Double fuck yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm going to put the uh in there. <laughs> i'm just gonna put a lull <laughs> and not as in like no they don't have a chance as in like why are you even asking this question yeah i think why are you even asking this question was basically it means <laughs> of course they are of course they are okay 
Um, all right, here we go. This is different. Will they finish in the standings ahead of the Leafs? I want to go first on this one. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yes. They are. I think the Leafs got worse this season, this, this offseason. So yes, absolutely. I'm hoping that Mitch Marner kind of poisoned them and that something happens to Matthews. And, you know, Kadri to Kerfoot's a major de- downgrade from Kadri as much as I hate Nassim Kadri. And, um, like the big deal. Oh, but the Tyson Berry acquisition. Tyson Berry is a lateral move from G- from Jake Gardner. Might score more than Gardner, but like otherwise, lateral move. I'm going to miss Nazem Kadri in his annual suspension from the playoffs, but I won't miss him any otherwise. I, I will. I will say that that the the, the Kadri subtraction, uh, as well as the Gardner subtraction, actually uh, caused some concerns for me in um in the event of a. Uh, of a playoff series against Toronto because uh, the two of them fucking up tended to be a com- have been a common factor in the last three times, but <laughs> that just means it's someone else's turn. <laughs> and I absolutely do believe the Bruins finish out ahead of the Leafs. Oh, oh yes. Okay, you they will be ahead of the Leafs. Okay, yes. Um. Okay. Whew. Here we go. Ready? Will Anders Bjork? Make it through the season without injuring his shoulder. Specifically shoulder? That shoulder or shoulders in general? Shoulders in general. But it could be specifically. I still say yes. All right. You believe you are in on Bjork. Tim? Um, You know, I think he's able to um, shoulder the load of a season this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, uh, like it was an overdue. There hadn't been much Tim puns yet. I <laughs> know. I know. Like I was starting to get worried. I'm like, wait for it. Wait for it. Something something bad's going to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're heading towards a hat trick. Um, uh, I'm going to say yes, because he can't have too much more heartbreak and injury misery. So he's had a lot of it. So hopefully, yes, yes. Okay, will they sign Krug to an extension during the season or after? That's a really dumb question. Why did I write this down? All right, do you think they lock it up during the season is basically the question. Yes, yes. I, I'll go as far as say I think they lock down Krug before American Thanksgiving. Ooh, wow. Wow, I'm not going to be that specific, but wow, okay. Tim, I say yes, and I don't think it'll. I don't know if it'll be as early as Thanksgiving, but I think it'll be before the trade deadline to squash any type of actual like rumors and speculation there might be leading into the deadline. It would be really great if they did that because that would be a miserable fucking time for him. He's got a little kid. Stop doing that shit. I don't want to miss his fucking. he, He named his dog Fenway. Come on. Exactly. He's told everyone that he gets the opportunity to that he's willing to sign for a discount. How much of a discount? Well, we'll see. Um, in context of the Justin Falk uh, contract earlier this week, we'll see. Because uh, Krug is much, much better than Justin Falk. Falk, yeah, he is. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that brings. I know this is a distraction from what we're talking about. That does bring an interesting question to me. That 
after finishing the this year's RFAs, um, Sweeney's first comments were saying that Krug's the next thing on the table, which means that Coyle's currently shelved for now. Do you find it at all interesting that Krug is considered the higher priority to get the higher priority RFAs, namely Jake DeBrusque and Matt Grizzlick? I would think that you'd want to be starting exploring options with DeBrusque and Grizzlick, especially Grizzlick. DeBrusque may be your conventional RFA. They actually finish the contract before you start talking. Grizzlick, though, is a different story. Grizzlick's on a second contract. And he's arbitration uh, eligible, too. Yes. He's still an RFA, but he's uh, uh, he's arbitration eligible, and that's that's a tricky one. And he's 25 now, so I believe... He's a one year. He's one year away from UFA. Yes. So um, I would think that personally, if I was Sweeney, I would put Grizzlick as my first priority because once you figure out what you're keeping Grizzlick for, then you'd start see, getting a feel for what you have to work with Krug. Mm. I have a theory. Okay. Go on. I think the reason why Krug. Okay, going under the assumption that this is Charles' last season. So at the end of the year, of course, Bergeron's going to be made captain. I think they have Krug as a higher priority because he's going to take the A once Bergeron is made captain. Okay. That could happen. I buy it. I say they will wrap up Krug, but I think it's going to be closer to March. I don't know After why. After the deadline. Okay. I, I would like it before the deadline, but... I think they'll give him assurances that they're not going to trade him and then they'll wrap, they'll, they'll wrap up a deal. I feel like a good follow-up question is what do we think happens with coil then? Um, for or, that, or is that not on your list? That's not on my list. <laughs> and and this is for this season, remember, but I, I just, I want to, Tori Krug is a big part of the Bruins. And I think this is an important question because he's always talked about at the deadline. And, you know, and, and, and I don't want to make it a, I feel like saying, will he be traded at the deadline is a more negative thing rather than saying, will he be resigned, which I think they're nuts to not resign him. So let's talk about resigning and not trading him. Okay. That was the way I decided to frame it. Uh, I went positive instead of negative. All right. I got, and plus after a while it it wears on your soul to be talking about trading people like Ryan Spooner, remember? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, who's going to be the seventh player? <laughs> Coil. Tim? <sighs> I will say I could also see DeBrusque going off for 35 goals and getting seventh player in that scenario. That's my other scenario. That's my other option. I was, <laughs> I was actually leaning towards DeBrusque. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. DeBrusque. Now, mind you, 35 goals is not a big improvement over last season, but people will see it as that. That's but true, too. I feel Coyle. Coyle's the one I think is going gonna to be it. Again, local boy bump as well. I am going to go different. And I'm going to say Corrali. Mm. Okay. Just because like, he comes up in big moments. This is true. You see, he saw, he's, he's Sean uh, Clutch Rally. <laughs> he does the corral leap. I love it. Big goals only. 
yes, yes. There you go. Okay, so our bold predictions, which I did not allow a lot of space for, so I'm going to put bold predictions on the back. Uh, Jeff. Brad's a heart finalist. Finally. Oh, boy! Oh, nice! I'm not ready to commit to winner, but I think he's finally gets it. Finally gets gets the nod as a finalist. Okay, all right. I I like it. That's good. Wow. You have any more? Is that the one? And I know I've made this 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 one before, but I really feel it because he's after that playoffs and the fact that he's in a contract year. Tori Krug Norris finalist. Whoa, boy. Again, not the first time I've made that that, that, that prediction, but this is the most confident I've ever felt about it. <laughs> okay, Tim, before, because you've got many bold predictions, okay? Ready? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I'm going to go, okay? Okay. Because this one, I think is going to blow you guys out of the water. Ready? I'm going to pick the Bruins to win the Atlantic and go back to the Cup final there you go i believe in this team even with its still missing pieces i believe in this team i believe in it because we got charlie Coyle, because we shored up that third line center and i think that they're going to be even better than they were last year and last year they were pretty dang great so that is that is my prediction, and then I have a lesser prediction where Brandon Carlo is going to score ten goals. Ooh, okay. You know what? I actually thought that's where you were going. It's like, <laughs> no, no. I think my first one. I think I am not given to being that bold. They're going uh, now. True. I'm not. I'm. 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 I'm just leaving it there. Okay. I'm. I'm, I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to get beyond that. That's for later. But I think. Getting back to the final is its own thing. And then winning it is a very separate thing. So they're getting back to the final. They're going to, they're going to take over the Atlantic this year. That is my selection. That is my bold prediction. I think that's pretty fucking bold. Yeah. Um, I hope you're right. Cause like sign me up for a first round that isn't against Toronto. Let Toronto and let Toronto and Tampa deal with each other in the first round. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so sick of the, the constant leaf issue. You know, then there's that fucking guy who's on like who who likes to troll the Bruins Twitter account, and the minute that a Bruins fan says anything, he's like shitting on them, and I just want that guy to die in a fire. I don't even know his name. He's just an asshole. Okay, Tim, now ready. Uh lay out your bold predictions, however many you want. Yes, yeah, so I did write an article about this, and I have four. And actually one of them was the Bruins going back to the Stanley cup final. Okay. So I, I, I do agree with you there. I think that that's something that's going to happen. My main reasoning was their defense. I think that the Bruins defense is going to be the best defense in the East and possibly the NHL. Okay, cool. And the other ones I had are, I think pasta eclipses 50 goals and a hundred points. Wow. 50 goals, 100 points. All right. Yeah. To be and, clear, there were exactly two 50-goal scorers last year, um, Ovechkin and Dreisaitl. Oh, Dreisaitl. The so, uh, exact change to that one. Ovechkin beat him by one goal. Oh, <laughs> wow. I didn't even pay attention to that because they were such a dumpster fire. But okay. 
Yes, Tim. And the, I had reasoning for this is if even though Pasta didn't play a full season last year, he played 66 games, his averages ended up being, if he had played a full season, would have been about 47 goals and about 100 points. So I don't think it's too much of a stretch that he um, hits that 50 goal, 100 point mark. Um, another one I have is Oscar Steen. I think by the trade deadline will end up being their second line right wing and lock that down. Stops the revolving door there. Oscar you Steen. Know what? I like that call because Kuhlman feels like a stopgap, not a permanent solution. Yep, I agree. And Steen looked really good um, this preseason and people feel like his style of play is suited better for the smaller ice than it was in Sweden. And he had a really good year in Sweden last year. Well, so. the, the kids, the kids built like a fire hydrant. You can't knock him over. No, despite you being, can't. You know, short. <laughs> yeah. He's only, he's only five, nine, but yeah, good luck knocking him down. And <laughs> my final one, and this is probably the biggest one out of all of them is uh, Charlie McAvoy ends up being a Norris Trophy finalist. Ooh. Nice. Hot take. What, if we're both, what if we're both right on defense Nor- Norris finalist? That'd be fucking something else, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. There's no way there'd be two finalists from the same team, but still, that'd be pretty fucking rad. Or I should say, no way there's two finalists from the same team unless they're Carlson, or Bur- Carlson and Burns. But... That'd be pretty fucking rad. <laughs> it would be. I would like to see other people get in there. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't mind seeing Yossi in there. I wouldn't mind seeing any of our guys in there. I just, I'm tired of seeing Carlson and Burns and blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, credit to it. You know, Mark Giordano, finally, we've got, got the Norris. He should have won twice already, but, you know, injury. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like they just gave it to him just because, like... Well, also because they realized that even though for half the season, the media was, like, you know, jerking off furiously over the concept of 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 um, uh, of, of um, uh, Morgan, I can't spill my own last name, Riley. Oh. Um, and realized that, wait a minute, he's actually c- catastrophically bad in his own zone. Like worse than people like like what Carl, what people have been saying Carlson is in his own zone which has never actually been true uh, did you did you catch the quote that Tory Krug had about the the Leafs like uh, I guess you know Tory Krug got hit by Muzzin right in the playoffs and uh, they were like didn't you see him he's like or didn't you know, what you didn't know he was on the ice he's like well yeah he's the only guy in the, the Leafs that hits <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. No, no. So that was fun, but yeah, uh, I look. I, I look forward to a season full of Bruins um, making snarky comments about each other and uh, other teams. That looks like a good time to me. Uh, it we does. can't say it enough. I really do love our players' uh, social media presence. Oh, oh my God. Sean Corrali went public on Instagram. Oh boy. And everybody on Tumblr is like, how much shit did he delete? I would die to see what he deleted. Because he's got to have more than 26 posts. 
I'm just so excited because I can't wait to see all of the flurry of interaction between all of them. I think it'll pick up once the season happens and they start traveling because they oh, get yeah. bored. I, I can't wait. They're they're great, and honestly, seeing the Tory Krug pictures with like it's, his it's, his son and like other players like Pasta and DeBrusque and being like, oh look, it's their uncles. It, yeah, it was his daughter. Um, oh, yeah. daughter. Yeah. Yeah, when they're babies, you it. can't tell. <laughs> I, I just adore Marshawn and Krug's um, uh, short person sibling rivalry on Twitter. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it, it, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> they're both short. <laughs> I know. Like, I should really talk, but, you know, I'm tall in my family. I, I seriously have a niece who's like four nine. Not kidding. Yeah, she she contemplated getting like uh, handicap plates <laughs> on the grounds that she needed to drive with a booster donut. Um. Well, I mean, because she's like you know, when you're a, below a certain stature, you can get those plates. So, <laughs> but anyway. I don't think four, I don't think four nine qualifies you for little person status, though. It, it it does in Rhode Island. So, so where, where she lives. Rhode, so Rhode Island just has really tall little people. <laughs> <laughs> the tallest little people in the land. That's exactly. You know what? That is their state motto. We have the tallest little people in the land, you know. Uh, I believe it's right under the uh, the the ribbon that that displays hope. It's like right there on the flag. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. So we should probably wrap up the show because it's um, it's the first one, which means this one's going to be really painful to edit. So. We should talk about the schedule. Okay, so schedule. The season uh, opens this uh, coming... Th- hang on, load Thursday. faster. Thursday. <laughs> Cubs comes this coming Thursday, October 3rd at Dallas. Oh, fuck, really? Oh, we're going to have to listen to more, more, more Sagan nonsense. Oh, but if you put the closed captioning on your TV. Oh, <laughs> hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> just turn the volume off and then just put the closed captioning on and have yourself a ball. <laughs> and it would basically just be like um, Cosmos and hockey together. So like several of my interests in one place. That's fair. Anyway, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Puck drop at... Dallas in Dallas. So that would be the <laughs> Air Canada Center. Not Air Canada. No, American, American Airlines. American Airlines Center. Yeah. Air, it's named after after airplanes. Okay, we're done. <laughs> the um, plane center. <laughs> one of several. There's, well, there's only two now, not three. Because AAC now changed. Because, because the, the ACC has now changed. Something else now. So the only ones left are, are American Airlines and United. But anyway... And then follow it up on Saturday at whatever they're calling Phoenix's arena this week in Phoenix at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I think oh, it's, it's a 10 p.m. start for me. I know it's a Saturday, but yuck. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to tell you what my eye doctor told me about the glasses that I was going to need to get eventually. 
um, which I decided to stall out for another year. But anyway, he said, suck it up. He literally told me that. Also, you get to see Phil Kessel in the Coyotes uniform. Ooh. Oh, maybe 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 they'll play in the uh, in in the Peyote Coyote jerseys. Oh yes, that would be great. I guess like I, I would buy the shit out of the Kessel Peyote Coyote jersey. Hundred percent. Those, those sweaters are just magic. Well, if that's their third this year, you can totally get that. I mean, because I totally buy lots of jerseys. No, I don't. Um, but nonetheless, Christmas happens. This is true. I still don't have a one of last year's um, uh, um, uh, winter classics. Which why the fuck aren't those our thirds this year or replacing our whites? Because thirds that they leaked didn't look good. No, I, they didn't. I don't know, but I am lucky to own two. Actually, technically three of those jerseys. One of which I can't even fit on my body, but that's okay because it's signed by Patrice Bergeron himself. We lucked yeah, that's blessed. That, you need you need to buy yourself a reliquary for that one. Oh my god, I just can't believe how how lucky we were. I mean, the puck that oh. we got was Donato, but you know, mm, Bergie. Wow. It I was, was say you need a rel- you need a reliquary reliquary and hire a couple monks to you know guard it for you. Um, right, right, right. Do you think they'll bury his groin separately somewhere? You uh, put it in a case and like the. Uh, um, the TD Garden and put his body like under the TD Garden when he dies. They should, like they do with I saints. Mean, like they'll they'll take their arm and they'll put that in a special glass box. And you know, I mean, it's just a thought. I do worry a little bit too much about Patrice's groin. Um. All right. So Saturday, and then what's after Saturday? The next game after Saturday is Tuesday, the October eighth. At Vegas, wow. Um, 10 p.m. Eastern start time, so that's uh, it's an 11 Atlantic on a weeknight. Nope, that game's totally happening for Jeff. Nope. Um, that's the one we're going to talk about next week. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> the week after. It would be the week after next as well, but yes. Oh, damn. Which would be the recording that I won't be in, so like it all checks out. Go ahead, talk about Vegas on the, uh, on, on the Memorial Day weekend recording. Fill your boots. Or no, we don't. I don't never mind. Anyway, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> then followed up on Thursday, the tenth, the fourth of this four game of of this four game uh, a road trip at nine p.m. Eastern at Colorado. Oh, so fun! Hmm. Who will Nassim Kadri try to hospitalize that night? I don't know, but I want Brandon Carlo to beat the snot out of him. So there you go. Be fun. Hopefully, one of his own teammates. i mean (laughs) let's be real here i think that nazim kadri has like a boner for jake debrusque like a hate boner and he's gonna go after him please no jake debrusque is actually healthy now and he looked awesome this preseason can we not i'm not saying i want it to happen i'm just saying that i was asking i mean answering Uh, jeff's question which was probably rhetorical i i did say say try to hospitalize rather than actually hospitalize but yes yeah he's good then next week closes out with the home opener saturday uh october 12th 7 p.m eastern time at the td garden against the new jersey devils Ooh. i mean like that wasn't exactly like you know good billing in recent years but now they got themselves a pk suban and a jack hughes and a nikita gusev and a wayne simmons like actually they kind of stockpiled fun players to watch 
Yeah. They're still going to be a bad. Te- they're still going to be a bad team, but like you know, PK and and and, and we, PK and Wayne and Wayne Simmons both right there. That's you know, I think that's, that's great. TV right there. I think that's. <laughs> I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Um, they might not win a whole bunch, but I think they'll be fun. And I'm excited. See, member of the tribe, getting picked number one overall and being on the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils. That's going to be good. Oh yes, Jack Hughes. Incidentally, um, I look forward to him scoring a hat trick against Montreal because you know the Montreal headlines. The next day will just be a Jacques. That was good. (laughs) Wow, you were just pulling one out of Tim's bag. (laughs) I like it. Um, I'll be so disappointed. Montreal needs to be canceled if they um, if they don't if no one does that when and if that happens. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Also, it's too bad that the Devils don't know how to goaltend because they could be really good. I don't know their defense. I mean, even adding PK Subban's kind of hot garbage. You know, yeah. four hundred fifty-five thousand year old um uh, um Manti Green and then like some other warm bodies. Well, <laughs> you know what? They've got time to figure it out, so it's fine. Um. Yeah, I'm going to the game after the home opener, uh, the Columbus Day Manatee game. Oh, um, Anaheim, huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? My friend wanted to. He's in. He's going to be in town from the UK, and he wanted to go to a Bruins game, and I got tickets for it. And here's the thing: Tip- tickets now post Stanley Cup final appearance um, are stupidly expensive. So we got them. Because of course they are. Bruins tickets are stupidly expensive. You don't say. Well, even more stupidly expensive, if you can believe it. So, but anyway, I'm going to fit my fat ass in there. I'm going to have my pretzel and everything's going to be good. Hopefully I'll have my new glasses by that point. So. And they'll probably win because Anaheim. I hope so, because if we drop one to Anaheim, that's not a good thing. Well, I mean, Anaheim's only got like three forwards and there three actual NHLers in their forward group, right? And one of them's a rather elderly, um, uh, Ryan Getzlaff. Yep. Oh my God, Corey Perry's on the Stars. Fuck. He's got like nothing uh, in the tank. Of course he is. I mean, I already didn't like the Stars, so it's not that big a thing. But it's a bummer because I like Joe Pavelski a lot, and now he's a teammate of Corey Perry's. Oh God. Gross. That's right. They have Pavelski now too. I forgot about that. Well, you know what? I think the the Bruins will win that game, so it'll be fine. That's that's probably the game we're going to talk about next week. So if you can see it, you should see it. Oh yeah, Dobby. Oh Dobby. Um. All right. There were some technical difficulties when Jeff was recording the part about where you can find us on the interwebs. So I've decided that I'm going to re-record it. You've been listening to a brand new episode of Barely on Topic. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell your friends about us. Maybe they'll want to listen too. You can find our podcast on a variety of platforms, such as SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and as of this very week, Spotify. Just search for Barely on Topic. You can contact us at Barely on Topic Podcast on Facebook or at Barely and Topic on Twitter. And if you're brave enough, you can contact us at our individual Twitter handles. And then on Twitter accounts, um, I'm at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at VA from RI. Tim? Word! <laughs>